Welcome back, team, to another episode of Beautiful Dust Specs, a podcast designed to teach you that the ordinary is truly extraordinary. I'm your host, Alex Hofeld. You bring the curiosity. I'll bring the science. Let's do this. Hello again, homies. How you doing out there? This is Beautiful Despects. I'm your host, Alex Hofelt, and here we go again. So last week, I think that that episode, I realized, you know, this whole anti-science thing that's kind of cruising around right now and the way that you get this vibe you get with science and society. And I got that episode yet going last week with the difference between a scientific law and a scientific theory. And I was told by some of my listeners that it was a little, it, it, you know, they were kind of joking that I was throwing shade and stuff. And the intention was not to do that. The intention was not to throw shade. But what I want to do here, or what I realized that I might be I kind of lost my way with is that you know we get we get emotional in the world and we wear our emotions on our sleeves sometimes and science is me I am science my life revolves around science it is truly in almost a, it's a spiritual opera it's a spiritual thing for me my focal point my keystone my drive in life my motivation comes from an understanding of nature when I understand myself the world the universe the more and more and more I dive into it the more stories I'm told and the more stories I learn and the more research I've done and the more podcast episodes I've recorded, the more stoked I get, the more pumped up I feel, the more alive I feel. So when people start, you know, going against science in ways that you can see through science is going to be a has a detrimental impact on the planet, on our lives, on our on the people around us, on the haves and have nots alike. It, it's a scary thing. And I just wanted to try I was my attempt my intention was to create an episode that was filled with from a sense of love from a place of love and understanding trying to make sure that we have the right vernacular, the right vocabulary when when we are discussing these topics of science because we should always be asking questions we should always be debating we should always be discussing the things around us you know we're not we're not lemmings we're not we don't just go forth and just just do everything that people tell us to do we wanted we want to be a part of the conversation we want the conversation to alive in us but I'm not here with this show. My, my, my goal with this show is not to be like the, the torchbearer of like difference between a theory and a law. You know, if, if I want, if we, if, you know, we, if you're a listener and you care about these, these topics and you want to see science grow and you want to see us, you know, be back on the forefront of this and you want the next generation of 21st century learners to embrace the STEM fields and get a decent, more, more intense, more elaborate love of science and understanding, we need to do this from a place of stoke and awe. So I'm sorry if that got a little, if I felt like I lost my way a little bit with that last one. I'm I'm back I'm back with some stoke, baby. And what we got going on right now is it's winter, and winter is cold. You know, we're in the northern hemisphere, in the southern hemisphere, because of the angle incidence of the solar wind, it would actually be in the summer right now. But most of the listeners that I have here are in the northern hemisphere, and I don't know if you guys know as much as you should know about the sun. You know, the sun is so epic, and the sun is more amazing than you could ever possibly imagine. So I want to enliven us a little bit. You know, shed some light, pun intended on what what the sun does for us and what it is and where it came from. So let's start with the story of where it came from. You know, it is a part of our solar system and the sun is so massive. The sun is a hundred times, it's 99% of all the planetary matter that is inside the solar system is is in the sun. It's 700 times more massive than the entire, than the, than the sum, the, the adding up of all of the mass of the solar system, including the Kuiper, Oort clouds, gaseous giants, you know, the outer planets, inner planets, all the moons, 700 times more massive than that. However, it's only made up of, the, it's made up primarily 71% of hydrogen, 27% helium. Can imagine how much mass is required to get that big, how much gas there must be, how many elements there must be in atoms inside 
inside that thing to be 700 times more lar larger than the solar system itself or more massive than the solar system itself, but you're only made up of two of the lightest, most abundant elements in the entire cosmos. Amazing. So, you know, 13.7 billion years ago, when all of the matter and energy came out of the Big Bang, it took an incredibly, incredibly, incredibly long time. 13 million years it took, 13 billion years it took before the solar system started even going, you know, getting into the place that it needed to be. 100, 180,000 years of the before the, the, the universe, or 380,000, sorry, I'm trying to do this all off of memory here, 380,000 years after the Big Bang, before the original hydrogen and helium atoms went up. And those hydrogen and helium atoms went on a journey, went on this epic quest out there in space. I don't know, it was a quest or just going through, being flung through space via gravity and stellar debris and solar ne and, uh, and, and supernova explosions, getting us to, the to today, getting us to the solar system that we have right now. So, you know, the sun itself is a star, and most of us know that. We know the sun is a star. And we're not going to, I don't want to talk too much about the stellar, stellar evolution of everything, but the cycles upon cycles in nature are things you should be stoked on. And the more we study science, the more we know this, the more I bring it up on the show, the more you're going to embrace the ideas that everything is cyclical, is circular. From stellar death comes stellar birth. And they believe now that the catalyst of starbirth, the thing that ignites the gas in these massive, epic, beautiful nebulas, those big, huge pictures, just search nebula, Hubble Telescope Nebula, and just marvel at the wonders of the solar of the universe that we see, these massive, epically huge gas clouds. And those little tiny things, these huge, you know, the pillars of creation, the horsehead nebula, the eagle nebula, all these beautiful nebulas have these tiny little points of light in them. Those little points of light are stars, stars that could be 700 times more massive than the solar system is today. The sun itself, our sun, has a, can fit a million of the planet you're standing on right now. You sit here as a, as, a, as a domesticated creature on Earth, a million of the planet you are standing on could fit inside of that ball of plasma that's up there. And that thing formed up from chaos from total and complete destruction of something that's called a supernova when a star epically more massive than our sun 700 times more massive than our sun goes supernova and explodes and its shockwave transcends time goes through time flinging its entire energy and gravity and matter out into the cosmos and finally it collides it collides with the orion nebula about 4.6 billion years ago and it took about a million years for this this process to start to condense as it went. And you can picture it's like if you take like a bunch of like light like flour or something on your table and you whipped your hand across it without touching it, the shockwave of air from your hand would make that flour flip on itself, would flip over and condense, and tiny little pockets of it would start to would land with more mass, with more stuff in it. And the more mass you have, the more gravity you have. And then that gravity would be able to start to compress it. And as gas starts to compress, the temperature and pressure is going to skyrocket. Also the angular momentum is going to skyrocket and it's going to start to spin. So about 13, about 4.6 billion years ago, our sun began as this massively huge ball of spinning debris. They believe that the gas cloud itself that formed up this sun and our solar system and you, me, and us, that stuff that we're in, I'll, I'll get to that at the end here, and I'll probably be part of the end rant. They think that the gas cloud was 200 AU, and AU is the distance between the Earth and the Sun, 93 million miles, 8.2 light minutes. So this gas cloud was 200 AU in diameter and about 10 AU thick, which is about twice the distance from Pluto, from the orbit of Pluto today, which is epic. So the amount of debris and energy and, and matter that it took to form up this gas this gas, gas cloud, which then formed up into our Sun, is n catastrophic, is epic, is awesome, is wonderful. So that's just, again... the 
the the intensity of the processes in nature that this matter this energy flung through space that originated in the big bang 13.7 billion years ago became into you know flew into this crash course in, on this collision course in this chaotic chaotic occurrences of creationism that is out there in space it is epic to think that this tiny little gas ball in the orion nebula started to form spin and condense and 4.6 billion years ago it forms up into our sun and as the sun forms it leaves behind some of the debris 1% left over of all the debris that can remain let, make the remainder of everything and with i don't know if you know this but that matter is the thing that makes up my shirt my soul my peace my me my all of us and the things that we are that matter is here and this tiny little pocket of 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 matter this tiny little pocket of gas and dust and debris that did not form up in the sun that formed 93 million miles away as a part stuck in in the in the sun's gravity well as it bends space and time it formed up earth it formed up this and again earth which i've talked about in other episodes earth is closed off to matter we only allow energy in we're closed off to matter so all of the matter that is in this planet that makes up all everything that you can think of around us that was what was collected by earth left over from the sun and all the other remaining planets of 4.6 billion years ago that right then alone just the fact that you get the the building blocks the pieces the puzzles that get to go on this crazy epic quest that get to be the thing that we call earth and life and wonder and awe and epicness that's an amazing thing to comprehend so as the sun forms we're not gonna talk too much about the planets you know we we know that we'll talk later about the solar system and stellar evolution and there's so many again infinite topics for us to discuss here so the sun itself as it forms up 700 times more massive than all the other solar system bodies a million so a million earth masses can fit in there we can fit the earth inside it a million times and it's an amazing thing to think about and it formed up from the gas the, this interstellar dust cloud that has interstellar granules in it all this amazing things so what the sun does the sun is a ball of it's a ball of hydrogen in essence and people always say it's a burning gas it's actually a plasma when gas gets so hyperheated the electrons will actually fall out of the orbital cloud around the protons and neutrons and they'll drift around in this tiny epic soup and it, it's this pliable malleable thing and it is so big and you can just get an idea of it you know you look up at a star and these tiny little pinpricks of light out there in space the closest one is 4.2 4.2 light years away from us the sun is 93 million miles away and it's actually pretty big in in, in space if you look up at it look up at, at the sky at like noon glance at it don't stare at it because it'll hurt your eyes you know it, it is this tangible thing and it looks really smooth and it looks chill and it looks perfect it's a perfect sphere because gravity is working 360 degrees around it in reality though it is epic chaos it is this dynamic thing it is a dynamo it has chaotic magnetic fields it's got a core it's got radiation zones convection zones granules photospheres light solar debris it's got everything so let's start at the center of the thing because the center is where the money is made the center is the hottest place roughly 10 million degrees epic epic heat it's really only about 5,000 degrees at the at this at the surface you know which is relative to every relative to the rest of the sun is really not that hot i've had students in astronomy class before be like mm, thought it'd be cooler thought it'd be hotter but the core is what's up so really quick we're going to review the gas the gas laws here which you know the gas laws simply in a very simple form just state that if you increase pressure like constrict a container the particles are going to speed up temperature and pressure are going to speed up it's all proportional to one another so as the as as the gas cloud started to spin and started to condense, it starts to gather more and more energy, more and more matter, more and more gas. And these gases are in a gaseous state. They're moving around. They're doing their thing. And it take, took a long time. It took a million years 
before finally we were able to get so much matter built up that gravity was pulling so much debris and it was spinning so fast that the temperature reached the magic number of 10 million degrees Kelvin. And when you reach 10 million degrees Kelvin, the, electro the, the hydrogen atoms are going to be moving so fast that the positive electrons that are on the outside are not going to repel each other. We're going to be able to actually go past what we call Coulomb's barrier and they'll slam into one another and they're actually going to go through thermal nuclear fusion. And the wonderful name that is that it, the, the, the the process that is fusion on the sun is called the PP chain, the proton to proton chain. What it is, is it takes four hydrogen atoms. Four hydrogen atoms will slam together in this kind of cool little sequential order of events in random chaos. And in the end, we'll end up making a helium atom. That helium atom will fall towards the center, the center of the sun, which we'll later talk about. We won't talk about in this episode, but we'll deal with how and when the sun will go through its, you know, its epic stellar life cycles. So as this hydrogen is smooshed to helium, you can't create nor destroy matter. And there's some of the matter gets left over, and that is what you know the neutrinos and really the the photons are, the light that is us. So at the core is where thermal nuclear fusion is taking place, and this is the holy grail. You know, if we could figure out a way to create thermal nuclear fusion here on Earth, we would solve the energy crisis eightfold. It's in essence a re just a. a it's just a it's an almost infinite source of energy it just goes and goes and goes and goes and that's why if we can ever continue to progress and tap into solar energy solar cycles we'd be able to have an almost infinite resource we would not have to rely on fossil fuels these non-renewable resources we would just we're, we're getting bombarded with all the energy we'd ever need at any given moment so the sun's fusion process is really really epic but i'll get to it in one second so as it goes you start in the in the core that's called the that's that's just the core. 10 million degrees Kelvin, fusion going on, converting hydrogen to helium. And then the energy is there. We don't want the energy inside. We want that energy to be able to hit the surface and fling out so it can get to us, so it can become a part of the biosphere and become the energy that is in you right now. I'll get to that in a second. You're actually energized by starlight, and it's amazing. Every part of energy of us is from the sun, y'all, through the trophic levels of ecology. So anyways, sorry, I got it sidetracked. So as it goes through there, it's a picture like one little particle. It creates a photon gets created in the core of the sun. It's going to go up what they it rides these it rides these circles that are called convection currents. Convection currents play a role in almost all nature. As hot air as hot gas is heated, it'll rise up, hit something that that energy will be transferred through the laws of thermodynamics. It will cool and it will sink. So you have these huge like it's almost like a conveyor belt of hot gas pulling up the photons as they go up and up and up and up and up. And as it rides up the convection current, it's going to finally get into what's called the radiative zone. The radiative zone is just this layer underneath the surface of the sun that is just chaotic. And you can look outside. It's dark where I'm, where I'm recording this right now. But when the sunlight comes back, when that's when the earth, the entire earth, which is so cool to think about, spins 180 degrees on its axis and this epic ball of plasma rises up over the over the over the horizon, you know, it's going to illuminate all of us. That photon, that light could have generated in the core of the sun millions of years ago. And as it went through the radiative zone, could have bounced inwards and outwards, kind of interacting with all the other particles for a million years in what they call the random walk, until finally it it reaches the outside. It reaches what's called the photosphere, and it will be able to ride these currents upwards, and will be able to then go up. Actually, I flipped this, didn't I? Now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually the core goes to the radiative zone. The radiative zone then heats the convection gases, and finally it'll grab it'll grab onto one of the convection zones. Yeah, I flipped it around. The big stars have the convection zone, then the radiative zone. Our sun has core, radiative zone, convection zone. So those radiative energies will, photons, 
will ride the convection current upwards. It will go out, up, and it'll finally fling up into space. And as it does, it'll lose energy, and that gas and that plasma will cycle back down, and this perpetual engine will just continue onwards and onwards, just going and going and going and going. And that's what allows us to have the sunlight that we have today. And if you ever see it, if you look at the sun, look at a picture of the sun, it looks like a texture. It has these little things called granules, and some are brighter, some are darker. Those are the convection currents. And they look, they're bubbles. They're like towers of gas riding up in these kind of like a cyclical, a little like cylinder and those little granules could be like the size of texas you know just epic epic huge 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 things so that's the energy that it takes but our sun is dynamic in the fact that it is an explosion thermonuclear fusion is an explosion so it has to go through this amazing beautiful dance that it has to stay within what's called hydrostatic equilibrium it has to be able to withstand the pressures the, the explosive the outward force of fusion what keeps it intact and keeps it together from not exploding from going you know supernova really not even supernova just losing its gas is big g baby is gravity because it has the perfect balance. The sun not only has to be able to burn fusion, it has to have just the right amount of fusion being generated from the core to withstand the crushing power of gravity, and in the end, gravity will win, but it also has to be able to use that gravity to keep the keep the explosion intact, and it does that. And every single layer of the sun has this beautiful balance. So you look up at the sun and you appreciate it. You know, we, we want balance in life. Balance is where we're at. The sun is a beautiful form of balance. For billions and billions of years, for five billion years right now, and for 5 to 10 billion more, they're not quite sure, the sun is going to continue to stay in this hydrostatic equilibrium. It's going to stay in this perfect little balance. It doesn't always do that because it is dynamic. And what's going on as well, while the sun is going through this whole thing, it's also spinning. And since it's a gaseous ball, the equator will spin faster than the poles. And it is a dynamo. So anytime you take electricity and you cycle it, you're going to create a magnetic field. So the magnetic field of our Earth has the beautiful arcing lines from north to south pole, has the Beauchamp effect, which inter integrates actually with the solar wind, keeps us protected from it. It could kill us. You know, I'll have to do a sun sun biology. Maybe I'll, yeah, we'll probably go next episode. It'll be the biology and interaction of the sun. I thought this would be, I thought I, I didn't think this would go as long as it did. So as the sun is doing its thing, the equator is going to spin faster and faster and faster. And what it does is it ties up and tangles up the magnetic field lines. You can just picture if the if your be if your midsection started spinning, your shirt, the middle of your shirt would go would go around you once before the upper part of your shirt even began to move. And it tangles up the magnetic field lines. And this is what causes, this is what gives us the beautiful solar prominences and solar flares, these arcing loops of epic noxious gas. And it also shows the power of magnetism and gravity. As this huge explosion and it's like if if a flare took place where it, where the magnetic field line in essence snaps and flings matter at earth if earth took a full brunt force of one of those poof, vaporized, you know, like just epic, epic craziness, how much power it is. If you took a full brunt of, of sunlight outside of our ozone layer, you'd be dead in seconds. You know, your eyes would cauterize. You'd have skin cancer in, in almost instantaneously. It would not go well for you. And that's the beautiful balance we can talk about later, that this crazy ball of energy that is what it is also must have the beautiful balance between Earth and the sun. So it's like we, the more and more you get into this, the more you see the beauty and the wonder and how amazingly gorgeous it is this beautiful equilibrium in all things between the earth and the sun and then us and the earth and therefore us and the earth and the sun are all together we're all combined through this crazy cool journey so 
the sun is going to go through this thing, and it's got to. It has to be able to withstand this battle. It has the prominences. It has all the different dynamic living, the dynamic stuff that makes it up. And the cool thing about it, they give you an idea of how much energy is required to withstand this crushing force. Because if you're that big, if you are a million Earth masses, you're going to have an epic amount of gravity. Gravity will always win. Gravity will always crush the star back down. You know, our sun is going to end its life as a white dwarf, which is more of a stellar evolution cycle. But it will never go solar. It will never go supernova. A lot of people think the Earth. Will, the sun's going to explode. It will not. It will go supernova. I'm sorry, it will not go supernova because it doesn't have enough mass. It only, it, therefore, not enough gravity. So as the sun is doing its thing, it has to be able to withstand amazing amounts of pressure. So to get an idea of how big it is, how much stuff there goes on, it has to convert 600 million tons of hydrogen into helium every single second. So what that equ- what that equivalates to is that in one heartbeat, one beat of your heart, our sun right now is a emanating 100 billion nuclear bombs every single second. So if you have to take that, if you have to convert 600 million tons of hydrogen into helium just to withstand your own gravity, and to do that, and that happens, the the energy in the sun is 100 billion nuclear bombs every single second, and it's been doing that for 5 billion years, and it's going to continue to do that for 5 billion more, how much matter that is, how much conversion of energy that is, when it does all this, it has to convert that much hydrogen to helium it is only 10 to the negative 14th of its total mass it loses every single year. So our sun is just so big, so epic, so huge, so awesome. And that's what this stuff is, man. It gives us all of these amazing things. This sun that has been on this incredible journey, the the unlikelihood of it forming up just perfectly at just the right area for just difference away from the sun and the stars. You know, this perfect little, you know, balance that it takes, everything that it is, is just so incredibly epic. More epic than you could ever possibly imagine. More epic probably than we can even comprehend together. You know, and it's been on this journey and it finds this balance every single day just giving us all of the energy that we need. And just to give you a little taste, a little tidbit of what we can talk about later, the sun fuels everything. The sun fuels all of the processes that you can imagine. You stand outside and wonder where wind, rain, and weather comes from. It comes from convection currents that the sun, that causes when the sun heats up the ocean and the ocean then heats up the air and the currents and the cycles of nature continue onwards and onwards forever connected forever intertwined but the most grandest thing is is that we have all these beautiful balances you know our uv shield our atmosphere this magnetosphere that protects us from this when the sun goes when the sun creates a a solar flare or a solar storm and really really gets intense with that solar wind it has damaged and killed satellites it has actually hit our planet and knocked out communications you know it's in essence a big massive e EMP. And we have the we have the Boshock. We have the beautiful the beautiful force field like an X-wing fighter required to allow us to stay, to be, to be the things that we are. And that may not always be here. That actually is caused by the the magnetic field lines are actually caused by the massive turmoil that takes place in our core. Our active core is really the heart, the blood of our planet. And the thing that I love most about the sun, and now that I've gotten the opportunity to study astronomy after my years of studying biology with my bachelor's degree, you know, we are starlight. And I've told you this, Carl Sagan, we're all made of star stuff. You are stellar debris this process, hydrogen to helium, and it'll go on to carbon to nitrogen to oxygen, going all the way up, creating all the different processes. Our sun will only be able to create carbon, so it's going to die as a big diamond, baby. 
you know, we are sitting here, stellar debris, but you were also energized by starlight. So now you know, now you know a little bit about the crazy process that took place to form the sun, the crazy process that takes place in the sun, the amazingness that generates this thing that is sunlight, that is just daytime, light. That to biology is Carcadian rhythms. It's also energy. Every ounce of energy inside of you, the vast majority of it, the vast, vast majority of it, at one time or another was starlight. Going through the trophic levels, through the different levels of energy in the phytoplankton and in the producers, the photosynthetic creatures of the world, they're able to take that sunlight and turn it into sugar, which also allows for biology to create the four macromolecules of, the, of, the, of Earth. We can take it into sugar, the carbs. We can take it into lipids, the fats. We can take it into proteins, the amino acids. And we can also take it into nu- nucleic acid, which is our DNA. So our sun is, it's everything. It is truly why we are here. Without the sun, the things wouldn't be the way that they are today as they are today. Biology would probably not exist. So you get to be this amazing thing. You get to be this creature reaching out and going out and forever outwards into your own hydrostatic balance, trying to find your way in this world. But appreciate these things. Take the mindful side of science into you. Take the gratitude side of science into you. And know when next tomorrow morning, whenever you listen to this, quickly glance at the sun just appreciate and really feel and see that you are surrounded by starlight it is energy that is light that left the sun at 180,000 miles per second on an 8.2 minute journey the photons hitting your skin creating into vitamin d and making you happier and healthier could have been generated in the sun billion millions of years ago through the random walk those atoms were created billions of years ago in the crazy chaos that is the big bang and now we get to sit here and we just so happen to be surrounded by the green surrounded by plants surrounded by photosynthetic creatures, the phytoplankton in the ocean, the plants and grasses, the grasses on land, we never give grass enough credit, that are able to take that sunlight and turn it into sugar. So in the end, you get to be standing here on this gorgeous planet, this thing that we call Earth, going through your daily lives, going through the struggles, the epicsness, the awesomeness, the happies, the sads, the moments together finding a way to try and get back to this. Science can unify us, can bring us together to see that we're all in this. And it shows without the utmost, you know, without the utmost utterance, it shows just how teeny tiny epically awesome this system is. That earth is so fragile. The sun is so fragile and the sun will not be here forever. It's, it's a tragic thing to think about, but it can enliven you if you really comprehend it correctly, you know, in a, in a unique way, is the fact that the sun is going to go out. Therefore, this will go out. So for right now, Enjoy it all. Enjoy what we have, how we're doing. Know the fact that you are a tiny, epic, beautiful machine, the most comprehensive, evolved creature that has ever walked the face of the earth. You are a ball of stellar debris, energized by starlight, walking through a planet that formed up from this crazy, crazy, crazy event called a solar nebula hypothesis, this solar nebula combining and compressing, and you get to see there. So go outside sometime, give the sun a little invisible fist bump, give yourself a high five because you're awesome eat your food, stay healthy, stay happy, be you, be epic, be awesome, because in the end, you are a beautiful, teeny tiny, epic little beauty dust speck. Enjoy it. Have a great week, everybody. Peace. All right, so before you take off in that, hopefully you're enjoying the show, you're digging what we're throwing down here, trying to learn and get more curious in our everyday lives. 
I would love it if you guys could reach out to me. Figure out a way to contact me. Best way is beautifuldustbecks at gmail.com. It's always an easy way. You can hook up with the Freestyle Friday if you want your three words to be used in the next freestyle flow. Also, Facebook, doc, facebook.com forward slash beautifuldustbecks. Instagram, beautifuldustbecks. And Twitter is at Alex Hofeld. Or all of this website is stuff, show notes at alexhofeld.com. Please contact me. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what you're enjoying for good or for bad or for ugly. If you want to just rap and chat and talk about the ever-expanding human experience that is this dustbeck living, let me know. All right. Have a great week, peeps.